for the first time in English, uh, welcome to the Online Marketing Rockstars podcast. Our first guest in the English version is Ben Barocas, legendary EdTech entrepreneur Ben Barocas. How are you, Ben? I'm doing very, very well, and thank you for the uh, amazing introduction. <laughs> what, um, what are you doing these days, and what did you do in the past? So, as you mentioned, um, I, I have been in online advertising and marketing for over the past 15 years. And um, for a long time, I was in very operational roles with uh, companies like AOL and Jump TV and Fifth Network. Um, and then, as, as you mentioned, I started the company AdMeld, which we, um, in a little over four years, built to a $400 million business that Google acquired uh, at the end of 2011. I then was at Google for uh, three years, which was a wonderful time. I enjoyed um, working with all the Googlers and really bringing those AdMeld products together with AdX and um, really scaling that business very well. Uh, and then, while I was at Google, many of the publishing clients that I had, not only in Germany, but around the world, started to talk to me about the problem that they had with Adblock. And this made me think that um, there is a need in the marketplace for a solution uh, that publishers can communicate with the users around how they get paid. And this is what um, came to be the current company that I founded one year ago called SourcePoint. Um, so for all our listeners that are not so familiar with AdTech, um, AdMed was a, what we call a supply-side platform, or what we was called at the time a supply-side? Absolutely, in the days of the SSP. Exactly, exactly. So, so real-time advertising was the... Um, And so we developed the standard, um, you, you just mentioned real-time advertising. Uh, I think a part up very important part of the programmatic evolution of advertising uh, was the creation of a standard called real-time bidding. And this real-time bidding standard was the ability for a supplier of inventory, like um, a Posibin or a Gruner and Yar, to send out a signal into the ecosystem and saying that there's a piece of inventory for sale. And within 100 milliseconds, many of the agency um, companies, agency trading desks, and their technology partners called demand-side platforms could then decide uh, to purchase and bid in an auction on that piece of inventory and return the creative to the page all within 100 milliseconds. So we, along with a couple of other companies, developed that standard in 2009, and it's now really uh, across the world uh, what is utilized in order to trade in advertising. Okay. Um so, so you started this whole industry, this whole sub-industry, or this whole um, this whole um, market development, and then really, um, yeah, build up the market in that in that field. And now you've decided to focus on something different. I mean, uh, ad blocking is is, is different from real-time advertising. And um, what does um, SourcePoint do exactly? How do you now? What's the solution? What's the problem that you're solving right now? So the problem that we're solving is that users don't understand how they can compensate the publisher. Mm -hmm. So advertising is just but one way that users pay publishers uh, for the content that they consume. Every time you go to a web page, every time you listen to a song, every time you consume a video, you are transacting 
with the publisher that is providing you with that content as the user. If you know it or you don't know it, content costs very much money to create. And either you pay directly for that content as a user or you say, hey, Mr. Advertiser, I will look at your message for one second or five seconds or 15 seconds or 30 seconds in exchange for being able to see the music video or to see the piece of news or see whatever it is. To hear this podcast, you need sponsors. Exactly. And so in the middle of this podcast, you're going to say, this podcast was brought to you by the kind people at <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> and so this is the exchange. And I believe very, very strongly that the exchange needs to be transparent. That every user must understand that they have a choice. And that choice is consume advertising or pay money. And the publisher doesn't care. They're happy to take your money or they're happy for you to consume the advertising and take the money of the advertiser. But it must be one way or the other. The content cannot be made for free. You need to go home and eat. You need a roof over your head. You need to provide for your car and your insurance and all the things that life costs. And so that has to come from somewhere. It doesn't magically appear. And so what we believe, just as we created the real-time bidding standard, we need a content compensation standard that will then exist to understand this is what this user wants to do and must do in order to pay for the content. And it can exist in different ways, in different markets, but it's crucial that it exists. And, and, and so, so what, is the, what is the solution like right now? What's the, what is the solution that you're working on now? What's the, what's the standard that you are bringing to the market? I'll explain a little bit on how you want to enable that communication that you're talking about. What kind of standard do you have in mind for that? So what the product does is when you go to a site or you go to an application, you get a message asking you how you would like to pay. You can either pay with advertising or you can pay with one kind of subscription service or another. So if you pay with advertising, you can choose what kind of advertising you would like to receive. Many people will just say, I want the default experience and the ads will get served as though they were just getting served today. And that's fine. Some people will want to customize their advertising experience. So I'm interested in sport. I'm interested in autos. I'm interested in travel. Maybe these are my interests. If in fact I can give this to the publisher or give this to the advertising ecosystem, the advertising ecosystem can then respond back with messages, content, advertisements, what have you, that will speak to me, the user, not something very random, right? Many times people don't like the advertising that they get because it seems very random. If it gives me things that's useful to me, then I'm much more able to interact with the advertising and like the advertising because it's meaningful. So I think that when people can provide preferences around what they want and who they want to subsidize their content experience, we're in a much better place as an ecosystem. And how do I mean, I imagine I'm, I'm, I'm visiting a website and before I can see anything, I'm just seeing like a, a checkbox or like a... Exactly, so you see it today. Today, there's a directive that 
all major websites need to provide cookie consent uh -huh. and an understanding and a link to the privacy policy. Yeah. We believe that in the near term, that cookie consent will turn into compensation consent and that will turn into compensation choice and that every user has the choice whether to accept advertising or whether to pay. Okay. And that can happen on one site by one site or I believe that many sites will come together in a consortium or a network where if you accept with one, you accept for a thousand others. Okay. And then you say, you know what, I just want to pay 10 euro per month and I want access with no advertising for all of those places. Or I will authenticate and say, hey, you know, I'm Ben Barokas, I'm 40 years old, I like cars and sport and travel. So give me content for cars and sport and travel and I'll watch the videos or do whatever I need to do in order to pay for all of the content that I want in that one month. And how does Adblock play into that? I mean, the story that around Swiss point that I picked up so far um, has to do with like un solving the ad blocking problem in the end a little bit. So if you make the transaction transparent, the ad blocking problem, as you say, goes away. Okay. The, the whole thing is ad blocking is only a symptom. Ad blocking is not the problem. Okay. The problem is that users don't know how to pay for content. Right, that they don't have choice. So you, so you really believe that the people that are using Adblock today, because they don't want advertising, they would, if they had the choice, pay with money? Um, I don't believe. I think many of the people that have Adblock would rather pay with advertising than pay money. But today, they don't have to pay anything. They're just right. installing Adblock. But then there's no content. After more and more time of paying nothing, 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 the content goes away. If no one wants to pay for the content, there is no content. Like you're not going to do what you do for free forever. Yeah. Maybe today, maybe in one month, but in one year, if you have no sponsors, then you make no content. And do you think you can communicate that message across to all the people that use websites in the end? Absolutely. I mean, we, our, the RTB standard is now used worldwide by all of the major advertisers and all of the major agencies in the world, right? This is how we grew the business at AdMeld from zero to over $400 million in four years because we created the standard and everyone decided to use the standard because it made it easier to transact. So what we are doing is making it easier to transact between the publisher and the user. Right, but that was a B2B situation, right? You were Correct. communicating to agencies and like, uh, organization that you could a little bit easier identify and find and, and explain what you're doing. Now you're dealing with like millions and millions of, 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 of people in the end, users that are sitting on their smartphones and have no idea in the end what's, what's happening to them and what they have to like. That's why it's so important for the publishers to communicate with the users and to give them choice. Just like today, they say, oh, we have, we use cookies, we have a privacy policy, right? I think just like that directive made it very crucial for that education to occur. We're going to continue that digital education with the whole world around payment needing to happen. There, every time you consume a piece of content, there's a transaction happening between you, the user, and the publisher that gives you the content. Many people just don't understand that transaction. Okay. They don't know that a transaction okay. is happening. 
unless there is some education, no one will ever know. But a penny, the, the transaction friction was removed because the online advertising was very easy to make that payment. But now that the online advertising, especially standard display, is becoming more and more commoditized, more malware, more, more fraud, these are the reasons why Adblock is so popular. And Adblock makes the user experience better, right? It's wonderful if you don't have to have the advertising. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we would all sign up for exactly that. If everything was always free, wonderful. So, but in the end, I mean, you're believing in the good of a person? Or no, 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 no. <laughs> There's no good of a person. There's, I mean, when you go into a convenience store, do you just take the candy that you want and put it in your pocket and walk out the door and say, oh, you know what, it's okay. It doesn't happen. Yeah, right. You must pay for the candy that you yeah, consume, right. just as you must pay for the content that you consume. Uh, but I mean, it, I mean, it's it's an amazing challenge. It's, it's a huge challenge to explain, like, to people that are doing this for free for some of them for years now. But it's not it's not a huge challenge. You give a notice, you set a time period, and after a time period, there's no access to the content without some sort of payment. But okay. the payment can be very easy. It can be just turn the advertising back on. It can be choose the kind of advertising that you want. It can be pay for one day or one week or one month. Pay for one site or pay for 1,000 sites. There's many different options. And, and, and in that sense, it's a little similar to your previous business to AdMed. Now you're doing publisher development, I assume. You're going to publishing houses and, and, and webmasters and, and all these people that have reach and that have websites and tell them, look, why don't you implement my solution? Just like you did with AdMed, is that correct? Exactly. Today they're losing 20, 30, 40% of their revenue because of AdBlock. All of that money is going away. In, in English, maybe we say falling off the back of the truck. So all of these webmasters and publishers are losing millions and millions of dollars every day for the AdBlock users. Okay, maybe it's okay when it's 5%. Maybe it's even okay 10%. But when 20, 25, 30, 35% of the users are coming with Adblock and they're making zero money from any of those users, eventually it becomes very hard to create content. And it's not profitable. And if people are not creating content for just for love of creating content, content creators must be paid. So at some point, say, Mr. User, you can either accept the advertising and they can pay for the content, or you can pay directly. It's okay, it's just it must be paid for. So that's the clear part of the equation that needs to be transacted. Uh, can, you, can you go a little deeper on the payment itself? If it's not paid with by advertising or with like personalized advertising, but with real money, if a user chooses to pay with real money, what is he like taking out his credit card or is he like using his PayPal account or is he like what's, what's, what, what kind of payment model do you offer there? We want to make it as easy as possible for the user to be able to pay. So whether it's PayPal, Facebook Pay, Apple Pay, Amazon Pay, we want to reduce the friction to as little as possible. You don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about this. You want to have a wallet, pay 20 euro a month, and then never see ads again? Okay, that's fine. As long as that money is then being distributed among all of the different publishers that you visit during that month. And we're happy to 
provide that distribution mechanism around all of the publishers. As you said, we've done this before. Uh, we were very successful in distributing hundreds of millions of dollars uh, across all of the publishers that AdMeld serviced and then that Google serviced um, after the acquisition. So this is something that my team uh, knows very well to do and we build bespoke software in order to do exactly that. Um, and there's 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 uh, people backing this business, right? I mean, it's not you only financing the whole operation. No, it's we have some of the best venture capital companies in the world, including Axel, Spark, Foundry, and Greycroft. So it's uh, that's that's the the big name uh, venture capitalists that also believe that you can crack this major challenge. For sure. Um, What's the role of like um, instant articles and all these things in that? Because I, I imagine like if more and more content is published directly on Facebook and elsewhere, um, the, the website doesn't really have that big of a role anymore. So is that a problem for you? For me, not. I mean, I, I think that all of all of these advancements. So not only. Uh, Facebook Instant Articles, but Google is also providing accelerated mobile pages um, that is assisting the user experience. The question exists around the ability of the individual publisher to maintain control of the monetization methodologies, right? So if in fact all of the articles are going to Facebook, What do you do? You say, okay, I don't sell my own ads anymore. It's all, I'm just going to depend on Facebook and Google to sell all my ads. I don't think that, you know, I don't think that Posibin wants to give up their whole control and say, oh, I'm just going to get all of my money from Facebook and Google. And if they cut all of my revenue in half, I have no control of doing anything. Right? I don't think this is the future of major media organizations. I think major me media organizations, Discovery Channel, NBC, CBS, RTL, these companies need to be able to maintain the relationship not only with the advertisers, but also with their users. They want, they develop the audience and the audience has a connection with them. So would you advise these companies to be really careful with things like instant articles and all these things? Of course, I think all companies must have strategic partnerships with Facebook, with Google, with Amazon. It's important distribution channel, but they also need to maintain their independence as it relates to monetization. So they have a, a balanced portfolio, so to speak, from where their revenue is coming from. Some is coming from the, the subscription services and the relationship that they have with the users direct, some have with the advertisers direct, some have with the agencies. You have to have number of different revenue streams in order to have a healthy business. Uh, so, and you're also like skeptical. Uh, for instance, uh, I, I talked to Philip von Berrius from Refinery29 and other guys that are like big in the content game these days. And they explained to me how they are really proud of the distribution that they do on these platforms and that the website is not even that important to them anymore, that they're, they're really proud of like having their brand be live on, on, on other platforms. Um, It's commerce though. This is not just advertising. This is Refinery29 is driving commerce. Okay, so so you you you'd say that that is not a, not a behavior, then a strategy that you would that you would comply with. I mean, I think it works for particular verticals. I just say like for general content. Well, if we're we're talking about sort of video streaming sites, you know, to create content, Refinery29 
um, only works for the specific verticals that they're in, in the fashion vertical, for example. Um, at the end of the day, you have to have the advertiser be excited about the audience that you amass. And you have to have that audience um, kind of work their way down the engagement funnel. And so to do this, you can do this with content as long as you have the advertisers that are also willing to invest. But oftentimes this native content doesn't scale as easily and you can't have the same piece of content actually work across a number of different um, sites. Um, what's, the, what's the status in Germany these days with, with, with the source point? Who are you working with and can, is there a website that we can already see your solution live and in action? Yes, absolutely. So there are a number of websites that you can see. We don't have the permission from those companies to actually announce publicly, but I okay. think you will see some um, announcements by the end of Demexco. We're trying to work through the last little bits of legal ease. Um, but we have a very good footprint here, and many of the major publishers in Germany utilize our services in order to present messages to their users and also to measure the ad block rate as well as circumvent the ad blockers. Um, and then, so you're thinking in terms of like um, percentage of the market, like do, do you think like in, in, in end of next year you can have like, I don't know, 20, 30% of, of the German traffic that is like covered by a source point and what, what's... I think from a unique user perspective, we'll be even higher than 25%. Perhaps we'll be 35 or 40% of the monthly unique internet users will see a message and see a choice moment that's provided by SourcePoint. Okay, okay. Um, and then um, your business model. I mean, you're doing this because um, you believe in, in content, apparently, and For sure. uh, your investors uh, do this because they believe in <laughs> making money with this. And you know, so, I've always been, for, for the past 16 years, I've been working for online publishers. And I believe online publishers have the right to have their own applications, their own websites, and maintain control of their own destiny. Um, they're, you know, my, my clients, the online publishers, don't want to give all of the control over to Facebook, all of the control over to Google. Uh, they, they want to maintain some level of... What, what do they have to give you for your services? Okay. So we have a, a software as a service model in that there's a, a monthly fee to utilize all of our services and platform and um, you know based on volume. And then as we So move, you're taking no cut from nobody, you're just giving the software away for, for monthly f flat fee and that's it? Correct, based on volume. And okay, then okay. as we go into subscription-based services, we believe that the publishers will make and generate revenue based on the amount of um, content that the user consumes. Okay. So say it's a 10 euro a month subscription fee, the publisher that signs up the user for that 10 euro a month subscription fee, no matter where else the user um, where else the user goes, by percentage, all of those publishers that the user visits in one month will get some portion of that fee. The publisher that signs that user up will get some portion of that fee, and we will get some portion of that fee. Okay. okay. And so this is something that's still being negotiated. And um, is Germany one of your first markets? I mean, I assume Absolutely. the U.S. Is, is the 
first market, the most important market? I would say that, that Germany is equally as important as, as the US. I think this is a, a very advanced market, certainly because of the strength of Adblock and, and the, the behavior. I think we also see France and the Netherlands as being a very important market. Uh, the US is obviously a very big market, it's slower to move than the European markets. And we're just now beginning to uh, look at the Asian markets. So um, I will be in, in, in Asia uh, over the next two months to really understand the opportunity and, and start building a team out and maybe looking at um, identifying particular kinds of technology that could satisfy that market as well. Uh, Adblock has become very, very popular very quickly and publishers are looking at alternative ways to monetize there as well. I mean, over the years with, with AdMed and now with SourcePoint, you've seen many publishers and many publishing strategies and monetization strategies. Can you name one or two publishers that you think do a really good job and are really innovative or like smart in, in, in monetizing their content? There's lots of people that do amazing things. As you know, uh, you know, there, there is, you know, BuzzFeed and Vice have done a very good job in doing some very, you know, very, very interesting things. But I also see some unique opportunities from large broadcasters like CBS and ProSieben. I think that there's some very innovative ways that they use ad formats and utilization of uh, native advertising like you were saying before refinery 29 has been um, very good in making for their verticals a very compelling offer for advertisers as well as a compelling offer for users and that's really where we're trying to get to is a win for everyone a win for the user in terms of getting the experience that they want and need and desire a win for the advertiser in terms of getting to the audience that wants their message and a win for the publisher in terms of being able to create amazing content that user wants with the, the very least amount of um, interruption that they can afford. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, because I, I, I see that it's so difficult to, to monetize content these days and like, even there's disappointment over the BuzzFeed revenue numbers and uh, so it's, it seems so hard to monetize content and if I talk to people in many Because like native advertising is, is not as scalable as display or as video because there's a standardization. Much of the native content that's developed by the BuzzFeed, for example, it needs people that write and people that video and people that do sound, right? People cost money. And from a distribution perspective, it's difficult to do so. Standard advertising, it's standard for a reason, right? The ability to buy and sell the standard advertising takes more machines than it takes people. So you're thinking once the source point concept is successful, we'll see a comeback of standard advertising? I don't think standard advertising is ever going to go away, right? I think standard advertising is here to stay as programmatic advertising and real time advertising will forever be the way people transact going forward. I think what will be evolutionary is that users now will feel like they're in control of the amount of advertising that, that they consume. And I think the people are getting back control at a very granular level of when advertising can reach them, how advertising can reach them, and 
how they will pay, how the advertisers will pay for the content that they want to consume or not. I think that there will be many different choice vectors for users that they've never had before. And we hope to power this when, when you When you did Adma, there was a clear competitors. There was a, a Rubicon project or Nexus. They were approaching publishers with different suggestions or different ideas, like you did, I assume, roughly similar. Sorry, similar um, solutions for the publishers. Do you see like a real competitor? Who is uh, like who is also talking to the publishers about the same topics that you're talking to with them? I think if we look at the same topics, there's a wide variety of companies. I don't think that these companies have zeroed in on the idea of giving choice and transparency in the transaction that happens between content creators and content consumers. That being said, there's lots of companies like Zuara that create subscription services. Um, there are some companies that are very focused on kind of the magazine world, the blendle, the texture, uh, the piano. There's companies that really focus on just ad block, the secret or the page fair. Uh, you know, these, these companies exist around the periphery of what we're doing, but I think Currently, I only know of our company that is actually talking to publishers about how do you interact with the user on an ongoing basis? How do you develop the relationship and have a conversation around how compensation occurs? I'm sure that there will be other companies in the future that will do similar things, and that's a good thing for us. The more... Um, Market development, um, evangelization. Exactly. <laughs> education. Uh, it's uh, education of, of, of the client base. Okay. I mean, I'm a huge fan of content. Um, you seem to be, or you must be a huge fan of content. So um, I'm, uh, I'm crossing my fingers for you to succeed with the source point and with um, this enormous challenge um, to, to tell the people, look, uh, there's a new way of paying uh, for content and uh, it's, it's not paying is not an ongoing option, it's not a, a sustainable option. Um, so good luck with that. Um, we'll closely follow uh, how you succeed here in Germany. And um, yeah, all the best. Thank yeah. you very, very much. Thank you for taking the time. Appreciate it. Yeah.